Hello and welcome to a new episode of Kun, The Journey to Be. My guest today is the creator of Hot Flash Inc., editor of Live Healthy magazine and a freelance writer. In today's episode, I will discuss with her some of the issues faced by single women in our society. My guest today is journalist Anne-Marie McQueen. Welcome Anne and thank you for making the time to join us on this podcast. Hi, Anne. Hi. How are you? Hi. I'm so excited <laughs> to have you. This is this has been a long time in the making, mm-hmm. um, but I'm excited to talk about this topic as well. And um, and I love the fact that you are Canadian. Um, you grew up in the western side of the world, and we still share um, a common struggle. And I think all of us women can uh, share that common struggle um, one way or another, no matter where we come from. Yes. Yes. <laughs> she never married. That, yeah. that was a, uh, something I grew up hearing. My parents came from farms. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up in the city, but, you know, they would say he never married too. But when I heard that growing up, there was never a positive connotation to it. Mm-hmm. And when I was... Young, my dad had a friend from work. I think his name was Harfield or something. Ken Harfield, and they called him Harhu. And he was one of these guys that was always having bad dates and bad romance. And um, he would come over for dinner. And my parents always had stories about him. And it was not a, like, not that my parents were judging him, but you just knew his situation wasn't great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know any women who hadn't gotten married um, ever. So, and I, I, it's not like I grew up wanting to get married and having kids, but, um, well, we can get into it, how it, you want to know how it, <laughs> but I want to ask you something before we get into it Yeah. Okay. is, um, obviously there's a little bit of a negative connotation in the way they said it. They said, Oh, he was never married or she I'm never not blaming married. That. I'm not blaming that, but that was no, always, no. that was the beginning. In my no, I'm not, I'm not trying to blame it. I'm just trying yeah. to ask. Was it ever explained why it had that little bit of a negative connotation? No. No, it, 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 that's, that was it. She never married, period. Well, yeah. Dot, dot, dot. What wasn't said was, you know, she never married, and that's not what you do. That's, that's not, a, like, that's not okay. That's not what everyone else, that's not what everyone else does. Exactly. What yeah. was not said. Because I remember really struggling, and I don't know if, if other people did, but I remember really struggling with the idea. So what's wrong with that? Because you, could, you can tell that the tone is that this was something that you shouldn't do mm-hmm. um, or you should avoid. You, you, see, you, should, you see a lot of don't put, too much, don't put on too much weight because then you'll not be, you won't be married. Don't be too loud because then you won't be married. Like you hear a lot of that depending on the society. And, and, um, yeah. But there's never, I am yet to hear anyone explain to me why this is something that's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just, it's all around and it's, mm-hmm. Interesting that I moved to the Middle East mm. 13 years ago, but I feel like I moved to the Middle East to address this. And then I'm surrounded by so many women who have like just that much more burden of the expectation on them. You would think it's very weird that a woman from the West, like you, you, you wouldn't think that I would have this heavy cape that I wore. And it's interesting that I moved to the Middle East to finally take it off after so many years, you know, like that is to me that I had to move out of my world to, to let that go. But it's just a different, just a different, the expectations, I guess are different. You know, it's, I, my family has been great. Like my dad, I lost my mom when I was 27, but I know she would be the same as my dad. They've never made me feel in any way, shape or form. Like there was something wrong with me not being married. My dad told me when I was younger, I think you're going to have a hard time because you, he just saw that I'm like, look, I wasn't going to, the way it is in Canada and the way it was is I'm not going to move to the suburbs and drive a minivan. And I, I had dreams and hopes 
and aspirations and they would have been they always are for a little bit for women truncated I think by motherhood and so I think I had an idea of what that was like Mm -hmm. and if I you know in my search for a a partner like we all have I just never really found a guy who was going to do it with me 50-50 I thought Mm -hmm. and I never found someone at the right time I never found either of those things so that's how it happened that I didn't get married but it's different than what you face in Egypt and what people face here in the UAE. Like mm-hmm. it's a more intense family pressure. Um, but there's also an immense wedding industrial complex in North America. Um, at York, still get married and have kids. There's a lot of connotations that if you don't, a lot of media coverage, a lot of pressure. Like when I was 30, there was a lot of coverage of baby panic. If you're not getting pregnant now, you're, it's too late. Um, you know, I went to nine weddings one year. There's all of that. Yeah. Yeah. No, but, but I mean, I agree with you that there's a lot of there's a lot of pressure that comes from different sources, but and and it's different for different um, cultures. I mean, I have I've clients from, and I don't want to that I'm not singling that culture out, but from Indian cultures where by the age of 25, the, the parents are having somewhat of a panic attack because yeah, their imagine. daughter is not married or is, doesn't want to get married. And yeah. that's, that's one thing. But you know what was interesting for me when, when I called you about this, when we started the conversation about this topic, is that I had been sensing that feeling of shame but I didn't understand where it came from because I come from a family where at the max, my mom will ask me every couple of months if I'm seeing anyone. I don't have any pressure. So I understand what you're talking about with, with um, Arab and Eastern cultures in general when it comes to marriage. But I didn't have to face that. And I still felt the pre- I felt I still felt the shame, and that's that that that's what I found very interesting is that yeah. it's not necessarily what the family is seeing, because no, no matter how the family takes it, it seems like the general feeling is a pressure that women feel that if if you don't get married and have children, there's there's I mean what everybody is describing is that there's something fundamentally wrong with you and your life. Yeah. And I think that's true. And I think it's in every story that you see in every movie. Um, and you take that and you internalize it. And mm-hmm. I don't know where it happened because I was in relationships. I had a seven year relationship, my first love. And then a year later I started going out with a really good guy, a really good friend. And when I was 27, I just realized that I didn't think we had what it took to get going. And he also had taken a long time to get himself organized. You know, I was pretty ambitious and he was dragging on stuff. We're still friends, but I just, that moment where I was like, okay, I think if I go, there's two paths here and I think I'm going to go it alone. And Mm -hmm. at that time I had no, I hadn't even thought about marriage. Like he, he had said he wanted to get married and I was like, whoa, you know? And then it was a very interesting thing because that was at 28 that I ended that with him. And then I entered the dating world, which I was totally unprepared for. And it was, people complain about Tinder. Well, it was no fun in, you know, 1999 either. It was just different ways. Like I've been, Gen X has seen the whole gamut and like dating has never been great. It's just (laughs) different forms. So I I immediately, (laughs) I immediately, then the next year I went to nine weddings and it's like, I didn't have any time. I just all of a sudden got worried when I turned 30. Mm. So I had that in me all along and you know, when you're hurting and you have the shame, you can be very hurt. Like you get triggered by things that um, they don't trigger you or hurt you if you don't carry that shame, right? So since I've let this go in the last few years, I haven't heard any hurtful comments. Then like nothing bothers me about it anymore. But for from 30 to like 48, I would be hurt by everything. And I would be hurt by reading article after article celebrities when they have a baby like I never really knew what love was until I had a child and um you know like you know every movie and fairy tale and your friends phoning you and getting married saying they're getting married and you're happy for them but you're hurting and um it's just 
I just wish there was a way to spare other people from it. And mm-hmm. I, like, I actually think it was tied up in just like my own beliefs about myself that maybe there was something wrong with me. I think a lot of people carry this feeling around yeah. and um, I had to work through that myself through therapy and through, um, you know, working on trauma and all the stuff we have to do. So it's part and parcel. Like, I think it just got wrapped up, I, you know, it got wrapped up in the expectations outwardly and then it fused with like, my childhood stuff. So I think it's all tied up together. Of course. But there are, a, there are a lot of microaggressions, but I don't feel like, you, you know, you know these little comments, right? Like, I remember sitting on a, on a deck in Toronto and having some married friend, a guy of, I didn't even really know him, saying, yeah, there's a real dearth of guys in Toronto, aren't there? Like, like to me. Like, there's no single men, you know? And um, I remember thinking, why is he saying this? And so hurt. Because it's like he's pointing out that I have no, you know, if someone said that to me now, I would just, I would just laugh. I'd be like, what are you talking about? Like, what, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? Like, what do you mean there's no, this is like, this doesn't make any sense. There's 50% women for 50% men. There's single people. Anyway, I'm rambling, but. No, no, no. But I like, I like your point about kind of these, I mean, um, generalization like I'm not married because there are no good men that's not true there's a lot of good men but um, and just as, as much as there are bad men just like women it's it's life it's the reality of the situation it's just that maybe I haven't met the right one maybe they didn't click with me maybe it wasn't the right time maybe maybe a million reasons other than I'm good and they're bad which is always kind of what the society uh, prepares you to, to, um, to react to whenever you feel rejected. So if you feel rejected, you're good, they're bad. Um, and that's kind of how you console yourself to the feeling rather than saying maybe it's anything else. So I like your point of making it, yeah, no, there's not, this is not a generalization of saying everybody's bad or there's, not, there's no good men out there. It's yeah. just, it, it is, I don't know. It's, it is what it is. I, I, there's, there shouldn't be a scientific explanation as to why some women decided not to get married. <laughs> it's just the way your life is unfolding. You know, my dad yeah. said to me the other night, because I'm turning 51 in like a couple of days, and he said to me the other night, have you ever had hard times over not getting married? Like, he's so sweet about it. And I said, oh, my gosh have I had hard times? Like, I feel like crying. I've cried myself to sleep. I have dated the most unsuitable men who haven't been nice because they were there. I've had people tell me that I was too picky. I thought, are you too picky? I've, I've been all around, you know, I've like, I've done all of it. And I just think it's the way that my life has unfolded. And by feeling bad, I th- like, I think it comes down to basic usefulness. Like I used, because I didn't feel good about myself, which sounds like such a cliche, but we all have this inside well, us. That is true. I didn't take responsibility for myself. I didn't, what, what am I trying to say? I felt that my life wasn't as valuable as other people's lives because I didn't get married and have kids. I felt like my life was superfluous. Sur- 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 I know. <laughs> what is that word? Superfluous. I don't know. I can't say it. I felt that my life was silly in a way. I felt like, you know, I don't have to get up to raise children. I don't have to, I'm not as valuable, which is ridiculous, but I felt that. Mm -hmm. And that came from outside and it came from inside. And I remember when the start of like healing all this, I did so much work in my forties, but I was going to my youngest cousin's wedding um, a couple of years ago in Canada. And I had like, I guess what I could only call a panic attack. I mean, I was excited about this family event. There are four kids. I've only been able to go to this second wedding. But she was 25, and she was pregnant, actually. (laughs) She was getting a shotgun wedding, but they were going to get married anyway. So I was like, I had a panic attack. I got out of the shower, and I curled up in a ball, and I was crying and, like, hiding at my brother's house, and I was, like, losing it. I was probably 46 because I had been going out with someone. A two-year relationship hadn't worked out, and I was, like, creating all this drama in my head of meeting my family and just, oh, what happened to that guy? What happened to that? You know, she's lost another guy. She can't keep a man, like all this crazy stuff. Cause my family is from the country and they're more traditional, but they're amazing. And I went to the wedding 
And I was like the star there because I moved overseas. They, my brother was like, enough with the mentioning Abu Dhabi. Like, come on, you know, like <laughs> I, I was looking around at all my beautiful family, t- talking to everyone. And I thought, this is crazy. You have to stop this. No one here has a thought in their head that you're not doing this right, that this is in your head. So do you know what I mean? It's like inside. And that was the start because who's having a panic attack on the floor about what other people are thinking when they're not even thinking it. So I'm accepting a lot of responsibility for that. I just wish I could have done it earlier because I've always done what I wanted, but I haven't let myself feel good about it. Yeah. That's true. I've steadfastly and you know, I haven't settled. I've been in relationships that weren't great and I've gotten out of them. I moved overseas because that's what I wanted to do in my heart. I have traveled to dozens and dozens of countries before I got old when people say you should travel. Like I have steadfastly done what I wanted, but I haven't let myself feel good about it. And that is what I would just want anyone not to do. But mm-hmm. anyway, that's, you know, and since that moment, since that day, it's gotten a lot better and yeah. I've gotten better at, I don't, I'm not, you know, I'm learning how to be in relationships better and, and honor myself. And it's all sounds so like cheesy and social media soundbitey, but this is what I've learned. This is total self-acceptance, I think. Yes, but I mean, the reason why social media say cheesy things is because it, they're true as cheesy as they yeah. are. As they are. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's the whole problem with it. But then, but at the same time, it's... it's um, I think you're touching on a very important point, which is I lived my life the way I wanted to live it. I just wasn't happy about, about it. And I just, and I never even remembered that what I'm doing is actually what I wanted to do because I was so busy um, fending off what could have been, I mean, some of it is not true and some of it is true. Like people do have their comments. This is not in our imagination. Uh, how, we're, how single women are perceived. I've had some terrible things, you know, yeah. and little ones too, Reem, you know, like just friends that don't mean anything, but like calling, calling me at 11 in, in, on a Saturday and saying, oh, did I wake you up? Like that kind of thing is hurtful. Yeah. You know, it's like, so you assume because I'm a 40, 35 year old woman, I'm just going to sleep till, you know, like little things like that. Or it's people assuming I could like babysit for them on Saturday night when they're going out, like, or, you know, like, I don't even know what you've heard. Like, what kind of hurtful comments have you heard? Like, um, the one I hear a lot is, um, and this is by random people is, I don't even have, well, you should get going. You should really try to find something like you should do something. And my, what am I supposed to do? Like, and, and, and why should I even? <laughs> and why is the way my life is set up bothering you? Yeah, <laughs> that, I do find that. Me. It's like, this is when it becomes mind-boggling. And what I found very, very hurtful is, is um, a couple of times being told, just get married to have a kid and then get a divorce. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. That's hard. What? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. people are always telling me I should adopt. They're always saying you should adopt. And I'm like, okay, are you going to come over in the middle of the night when I've got like a sick kid and I'm sick? And like, are you going to come and like, don't tell me those things. And the just get married thing is crazy. Like that is a crazy thing. I remember saying once to my friend, like I was almost, I didn't even believe it, but I said, maybe it would be better if I just got married and divorced. And she said, maybe. And I'm like, it's, we do live in a society where it's almost more valued like, to, I remember reading, someone wrote a book in North America in uh, probably about 15 years ago, and it was about breaking engagements and how, like, completely unacceptable that is and mm-hmm. how it's way more acceptable to go through with the marriage and then quietly exit out of it, like, even less than a year later. Mm-hmm. And um, that's crazy, right? Like, that's just nuts to go through all of that. Like, that just shows you how powerful this fairy tale is. And I don't know about you, but having lived this gamut, this 20-year period when I started struggling with this, this is changing topic a little bit, but we're, we're really in a time now where the, the fairy tale is being deconstructed. You know, yeah. like everyone's got, like everyone's learning about relationships. Everyone's learning about traumas. Everyone's learning about um, you can't use other people and you can't, you know, everyone's learning about attachment theory and all these things. And 
And then I've seen the relationships in my life, very few that I would want to be in. And I'm not taking any schadenfreude from it, but there are relationships that it's like, wow, you know, these were people that I went to their wedding and felt diminished. And it's not that they weren't in love, but just seeing how people struggle. It's just for someone who felt that way, it's just like, okay, the fullness of time is revealing to me that probably like I did make the right choices. I, I didn't settling was never an option for me. And I'm glad that I didn't do it. So that's, we live in a time when people like what I always held out for Reem was like a relationship that I didn't think existed 20 years ago. And now I do believe it existed, which is like the all in relationship, mm-hmm. like two people strong, supportive, making each other better, both working on their stuff, um, able to communicate even when it's difficult. It didn't seem, you know, like people thought that that didn't exist and it does. It's just very rare. So that's always what I wanted. And now I feel sort of emboldened because even though I haven't gotten it, I feel that it's possible because I feel like there needs to be just one other person out there. Who's like me, who's doing the work, who accepts they're imperfect, who accepts that I'm imperfect and um, accepts our dark shadows and all that. So I feel like that, that makes me feel like I've done the right thing, even though I haven't found it. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you. But if Every time I reflect about it, I feel like I've done the right thing for me. I don't, I mean, I'm not saying that this is the, the choice for everyone. And I'm not saying live your life the way I, but I'm not telling yeah. you to live my, your life the way I chose to live, it, to live mine either. So stop telling me just to live my life the way you want me to. But listen, it's hard, right? Like, I don't, I don't want to tell a sob story, but you date and you have little relationships with people. Like it makes you, you have hope each time. And, and you put like a, some of yourself in there and you get, you have relationships and you get hurt and you hurt people. And it's it really tough, yeah. you know? And it's like, I had a, I had a rough couple of months this winter and I felt really depressed. And I thought I've been, how many nights have I slept alone in the last 20 years? How many thousands of nights have I slept alone? And I was feeling very sorry for myself. And, uh, you know, there are those times. Yes. There are really those times. And I didn't know if I'd be okay if I didn't have kids. And I'm, I'm okay. Like, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. But I think those times come whether you're in relationships or not. I just think um, they're just part and parcel of it. I still will always say don't, don't settle. Yeah. No, I think, I mean, it, it, we, need to, we need to separate how you as a woman feel about it and then how society is forcing you to feel about it. So, yes, I'm not going to deny, I'm lonely. You talk about being lonely. It's hard. It's very hard being a single woman. It's very hard being a single man. It's, it's hard being on your own. Yep. It's yep. hard being on your own if you're an expat in a different country. So these are things that there's nothing wrong with feeling lonely. There's nothing wrong with feeling like, you know what? I would really love to be with someone. I would really love to have a relationship. But you you have to know what kind of relationship you want to be in and you have yeah. to know what kind of relationship suits you. And then that, that's the one that you pursue, but pursuing a relationship for the sake of relationship, feeling that something is wrong with you as a woman, because you haven't been married and it's a, and society actually making it a point that, Oh yeah, you're, you're, you're the odd one out. And then yeah. what's even worse is, is, um, is making making the women feel like something something is wrong with them. So why aren't you married till now? Why are you asking me this question? What kind of question yeah, is that? No way to answer that question. There's just no way. Yeah, what do you well, want me to sit down? We tell you for the about my entire life from the time I was born. Okay. <laughs> do you have a lot of time? Because I would just I, I I could be explaining that for the rest of the year. I, I I'm still explaining it to myself. Basically. The last time I was I was asked this question, but, but this is not this is not a, it's not how people should answer it. But it was my cousin's daughter, and she's fourteen, and I really was in the mood for it that day. She comes to me, she's like, "So why aren't you married?" And I looked at her, and I was like, "Because I have crappy taste in men." <laughs> and my cousin looks at me, she's like, "You cannot say that." I'm like, yeah, I know, yeah. but it is what it is. It was said. She I saw some of this question, so I. No. 
I have crappy. T- I love it. Just saying something like ridiculous off the. I love yeah. it. Completely I ridiculous. Completely untrue. Complete, and it just. It, I mean, this is a stupid question. I'll give you a stupid answer. I never knew how to answer that, but I don't. Well, like no one asked me. I, I haven't been asked that. I did. That's the nice thing about getting older. People just stop asking you. You know. Um. Yeah. I don't like it's. Like people have stopped asking me and I've stopped caring. That's definitely what's happened. Yeah. Yeah. So that happens. So you've that's to look forward to. So eventually that will happen. So that's good to know. It will. It will. It will. And you know, it started, I told you about the, my little breakdown before my cousin's wedding, but about a couple of years before that, I had been in a really serious relationship with someone for about four years and we lived together and, um, it ended and I went out to, I was invited to a brunch and you know, when you leave a relationship, you're always like sort of like really raw and it feels like such a big deal to go to a new thing and meet people. Like they're going to care that you're single or you're not single. You're carrying all this with you. So I'm at this brunch. I'm having fun time. And the guy across from me was 50 and he was going through a divorce and it was like a really raw time you could see. And, and I said this, I said something that I can't believe I said, but I used to say this all the time. I used to say similar things when I was younger and I'd put on weight. Like I'd say I put on weight. So what? Like I could point out to people my flaw. Mm -hmm. So I said something like, um, yeah, I always think people will think I'm weird because I haven't gotten married by 44. Like, why am I saying this? This is, this just shows, you know, my issues. And I don't like, why would I say that? But he said, yeah, yeah. Preemptive. Right. He said really calmly, like he was just like, I don't think you're weird. I think you're incredibly discerning. And I, I was like, that's one of the kindest things anyone's ever said to me. Mm -hmm. And I just, that's like the moment where I started taking in, it was a very slow process, but I started taking in different messaging uh, about it. And I think that's key to this. And that's one thing social media is so great about because you can choose who to follow and you can choose what messages to take in and you can actually change your beliefs. And that's really picked up pace over the last four years for me. And it's like cheesy people like Tony Robbins and Gary Vee and (laughs) Will Smith and women who are, you know, like it's just, uh, Tiffany Haddish, like just people that are just doing it and just don't seem to care. And, um, that, that's really, I think the key to sort of changing your thoughts about it. Mm -hmm. Once you change your thoughts, you know, this, like once you change your thoughts about anything, then you can change your reality. Yes, but I, 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 I agree with you. But it's also, it's, it's not only changing your thoughts. It's, um, to me, it's, um, it's, filter, it's more a process of filtering. What are my beliefs and what are the beliefs of this uh, world that I live in that I don't necessarily yeah. have to agree with everything that it says? Yes. yes. And I don't have to do everything that society tells me that I should be doing. No. And when you start doing it, it starts happening everywhere. Like yeah. a couple of years I started saying, cause I've really picked up pace in this in the four, last four years since I became a freelancer, everything, I just look at everything. And I, I remember saying to someone, there's no board of directors of the way things should be. Like there's no body that says this stuff, but it's given to us in so many ways. So once you start questioning one thing, you start questioning everything. You're like, why? Like, why can't, why do I have to have a job? Why can't I create my own income streams and why can't I be a freelancer like I used to think that that wasn't possible but then I started doing it and it was possible so then how can I do it more you know that's just like a powerful thing and then well why why do I have to get married even if I'm in a relationship what benefit would there be to me now and why why do I have to look at this is a big one because a lot they a lot of people are changing the conversation around divorce right like divorce isn't a failure you had an 11 year marriage and it ended like that's not a failure that's a success basically and why do I have to look at my life as a, a string of failed relationships when in reality they're a series of very important relationships with very important people in my life short or long who who've made me who I am today so like flipping that stuff you yes, know exactly yeah and I don't even like to sit with people bashing tinder and all that because I just don't think it's the way to go into the dating world is to be complaining about it and expecting the worst. And I think you learn from it. I think you learn from everything you do. I, I so. mean, I, I totally agree with you. And, and, and I think that it helps you. That's part of the strength that you don't necessarily experience if you're in a relationship at a very young age is 
coming into your own, really getting to know each yourself, really getting to know what you want, how you want it. And then you walk. And I feel like when, when you do this kind of work, you walk into the relationship, any relationship that you walk into, um, out of strength within yourself, not seeking something to complete you. Uh, it's more of, I am my own, like what you said earlier, I'm my own individual self, you are your own individual self, uh, self and we are here to support each other, thrive. But yeah. you're not here to fix me or you're not here to make my life better. And, and, and I think that's what's contributing to, to, the, to the high rise of divorce. It's, it's, I don't, I don't, I'm not one of the people who believes that marriage is a wrong institution. I think that society ruined it as an institution with what they've put on as expectation out of marriage rather than what, it, what it's supposed to be. And it's supposed to be whatever you, the couple decides that it's going to be. Yeah. But my friends, I have a couple, a couple of friends that haven't gotten married and I was talking to one of them a while ago and she said, I feel like people who got married and are in relationships, this is a generalization, but they, they don't do, a lot of them don't do the work that you're forced to do when you're single because you're the one sitting looking at yourself and saying like, you know, okay, okay, what's the common denominator in these relationships? How can I be better? How can I be better for the next one? Hopefully. And and you do encounter a lot of people in the dating world who've been married, who haven't done any of that work, yeah. who are looking for like you to slot. Like, I mean, I went on a couple of dates with someone last year and he had been in a long relationship. He'd lost his wife. He was like inserting me into yeah. his life. It was, he wasn't, he had decided that I would be perfect and he wasn't listening to anything I said. He was selling himself to me. It was the most lonely experience. And I, I was like, oh, this is what I've had dating so much of my life where, you know, people do this, right? Like rather than working on themselves, they just go out with other people. And, and so, yeah, I, I, yeah. yeah I've had, watch I've had similar experience and I've had, and I've done that to people. Oh, me too. Yeah. I wanted to. I've always joked that I'm not very good at rebounds. Like, I can't find them. Like, I, I, there's times in my life, like, I've wanted them badly. I just haven't been able to find anyone. <laughs> I'm like, I, believe me, I would rebound. You know, because I have people in my life. There's people back in Canada that have literally, like, married, been divorced, married, and been divorced in the time that I haven't been married. <laughs> like, how do they do it? I would have rebounded for sure. Like, you know. So I'm, I almost feel like I've been saved from those situations because there's been times in my life and I certainly would have done them. No, and I, I know a lot of people who've been, I mean, yeah, same, same situation. And I ask myself, when, how? how? <laughs> like I had one bad relationship and I yeah. stayed out of relationships for like four years. I don't want to do this again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I just can't do it. Like, I don't know about you, but. I've been in relationships that weren't right for me. And I, I, all my relationships, I say, they've just gone on too long. Like they were like, I made sure that I wanted to be out of them. But when I was, you know, when the pandemic hit and the lockdown hit and I was starting to feel sorry for myself, cause that was alone, alone. Yeah. Right? That was a different level of alone. That was, yeah. We all grew from that hopefully, but um, that was tough. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, I remembered the most annoying times when I knew relationships were over and I was just sticking in it because I didn't have the courage to leave I would remember like specific situations and then I would just like remind myself of them and I think I would 10 times rather be here feeling like this lonely kind of crazy feeling than that because that was not when you're abandoning yourself to stay in a relationship it's a terrible terrible feeling and you often don't know you're doing it right like I, I've been like that where it's like no 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 it's fine it's fine and then all sorts of things are happening. So the struggle with that is is the healing that comes afterwards, and the healing that comes afterwards is mainly um, is with yourself. Is with getting yourself to forgive you. I mean, the hardest thing I ever had to do is, and I still struggle with it most of the time, is getting myself to forgive myself for putting myself in a toxic relationship and not walking away from it, oh. just because of all the pressure and, yeah. and, and the fear of the failure. Yeah. And those moments, right. That you, you just stuck with situations and you abandoned yourself. Yes. Um, you know, like it's funny because I was seeing someone for a couple of months and it, it didn't work out. And the last time I was with him, 
I was feeling that feeling in my chest. I was like, what is, you know, he was talking and I was like, what is this feeling? Like, what is this feeling I'm having? Cause I'm a lot more aware. I've done a ton of courses and everything. And I was like, this is a feeling of like, this isn't right. And I just should like, I don't need to be here anymore. This is over. I'm giving it a little one more shot, but it's not there. It's yeah. just not. And I'm sticking, you know, this is, that's what this feeling is. Whereas, you know, in the past I'd be like, well, it's a guy and he's alive. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's cute. And he's, and I'm and he's, and he's it, it, just a, idea of finding someone who's committed is is like this is a plus 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 so i mean you should uh, and if you're still attracted to people it's very hard i find to walk away like i have been trying to untangle that sort of physical chemical attraction that i have for some people which maybe isn't the greatest indication unravel that because in my mind for years that was meant i should still be in it Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah. now it's like, no, the feeling that I had in my chest or my stomach or wherever that feeling is where I, I'm just not there. I'm just not able to fully be myself. Mm-hmm. I'm not able to show up or I'm just, I know I shouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those can happen at the same time. And I think yes. that you got, to, yeah. And if you can't talk to someone, I've learned this. I've, I've not been very courageous in relationships of, of saying what I need and communicating. And I were done a lot of work in the last couple of years because I realized when I was dating someone at the, you know, early, uh, 2020 that I was just operating from fear. I had met someone younger and out of the blue. And I just, we had a misunderstanding and it wasn't what I thought it would be. What wasn't what I thought it was. He, he wasn't rejecting me. I, I, and then I realized I looked through all our text messages and I realized that all the relationships that I've had, because, you know, you're, they've all ended. So you, you get more and more into this where you're having a relationship and you're, you're just worried about it ending. Like you, it's almost like you become like pathological, just worrying about it ending and keeping yes. it going. Yes. And I was looking at her text. I'm like, this is not me. I'm not talking to him. I'm just responding in a way that will be cool, you know, and this is not cool. This is not cool. So it's this young guy and we're still friends and he just got me to realize that. And then I started taking a lot of courses I really love this guy, Mark Groves. He's like a, a coach. And he, I took a couple, quite a few of his courses on healing trauma, on boundaries, on codependency, on having undating relationships and showing up and having courage and realizing that I'm not having any kind of relationship if I'm not doing that, you know? Like, so I'm trying to be a lot more truthful and folk, like see, see how I'm feeling. And it's, it's hard, man. Dating's hard. Dating is hard, that's uh, for sure. But you said something at the beginning that I, that I wanted to, at the very beginning, actually, and I wanted to circle back to, is you said your father said to you that he always predicted that you would struggle more in relationships. Why? Um, because of what I'm like. Like, whatever that is. Like. Because... I feel women get told that a lot. Certain women get told, yeah, I can see why you're struggling to be in a relationship. I don't. Yeah. (laughs) And I know women who are like, did what they wanted to do, but for whatever reason, and I don't, he doesn't, he means like when he says it, I don't feel bad when he says it. Cause I think when he says it, he means like I'm special to him. You know, like I, like I, I wanted more and a man, he, I think he's just acknowledging that most men, I know he's in, cause he explained it to me before. He's just acknowledging that most men would probably be intimidated by. That's, that's, that's the point that I'm trying, that's the yeah, point the that I'm trying to make is the society paints women who want more or are non-conforming or are not afraid to be out of the box and just live their lives and be okay with it. Are we painted in a way that makes men feel like this type of women, this type of women is, are, are intimidating and, and kind of stay away from them? I think it just, is the luck of the draw because I think you're going to come across some men who are going to be intimidated by that. Yes. Just when I wasn't feeling good about myself when I was younger, I would be intimidated by a guy who really had his 
act together, right? Like I, that would have been intimidating to me. So I don't want to put too much of it on like men want women who are subservient and ready to sit, you know, support them. I agree with you. That's why I'm asking, is it society? Because I've seen a lot of men and I've had like I've dated men who have been more than supportive and more than excited and more than pushy to see me thrive and to see me grow. So I'm not saying that this is. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I have to, it didn't work out for other reasons. It didn't work out for other reasons, but yeah, yeah, no, I've seen seen that. And I mean, I grew up with, with brothers and who, who still do that. So I don't believe that men like subservient women. I don't think that this is true. Um, so it makes me wonder, is it society? Um, I think it's a combination of both. You know, my brother, my brother, uh, married a beautiful woman. They're madly in love. And, um, when they were getting together, they went to New York city for the weekend. And I like, I love my sister-in-law. Um, but I said, what did you do when you're, and my brother loves bands. So he said, we went to see the Allman brothers. And I said, oh, yeah. And he said, yeah, we went Friday and Saturday night. (laughs) Susie, my sister-in-law, I don't think she probably knew about the Allman Brothers before uh, she met my brother. But And I love the Allman Brothers, too. I've been to see them. But I thought to myself, huh, that might be one of the reasons I'm not married. Because if I went to New York City with my boyfriend, I would go see the Allman Brothers one night. (laughs) I would go two nights. And that sounds like I'm casting a judge on my sister-in-law and I'm not at all. Yeah. I just, like, that doesn't make sense to me. You know what I mean? Like, that's, I wouldn't, I just wouldn't do that. And so maybe there's a little bit of that, you know, like there's a little bit of that malleable, you know, I had a great love and he ended up moving all over the place and getting married and having kids and his wife moved with him. Like that was not going to, we may have had this great, awesome friction and love. Like he was sort of like a right wing guy, you know, we may have had that. We did. But um, ultimately, I wasn't going to follow him around the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just wasn't going to happen. So I think sometimes people can see that. And I've had relationships where it's like, this guy's not going to want to move abroad or this guy's not going to want to raise kids in the city. Like, I can see he's already got his, you know, yeah. suburbs. It just, it, I don't know. It's so complex, Reem, right? Like, you can't. It is, it is kind of complex, but what you're seeing is that it's also diverse in terms of men, in terms of women. The question that remains is why is one group, since we all know that there's no one size that fits all, why is one group being singled out? Why is one group being picked on for, um, for, for, for whatever choices that, that they've made? And yeah, but we have to think. Sorry, but like my trainer is Irish. He's 40. He's relationship ended. He's, he said he's expected to get married. You know, like he, he feels it. He, he feels it's not, I don't. I don't think, I don't I'm not saying that it's women who are getting picked on. I mean, they're getting picked on more and earlier than men. He's 40. I mean, I know women who've been picked on for getting married since they were 19. So, I mean, yeah. yeah. We're the ones who care for the kids. Yeah, we're the ones who have the children. We're the ones who have a purpose to uh, our bodies, and that expires by a certain time. That's the bottom line. That's on us, right? That's like that comes down to it. That's hanging over your head until you let it go. I think that's it. Men can have kids for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a friend in his forties. He 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 also wants to get married, and I know he he wonders about all this stuff too. But he also knows he's going to be able to have kids. Uh, for a longer, I like to remind men that they are that they're not like super fertile anymore. You know, sperm counts are down by half. <laughs> so when I see a man getting too like cocky, uh, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of disorders that are associated with older men, like down, uh, older fathers. Uh, yes. down being on the on the top of the list. So a lot of them uh, are men. Yeah, in my friends that have problems too, like that is. I think pointing that out is uh, that's sort of a rude awakening for people. You know, I think men are like wandering around going like I can have kids forever, but my trainer who I love, he just, he's 40 and he just said something nice. Like he said, uh, you know, what what am I going to do? Like, I'll be like 60 with a 20 year old. Like he's already thinking like he, you know, he's just thinking practically about it. He's like, you know, so I think this is all changing. And my little niece, you know, I, my, 
my dad said that she said something like, I don't know if I'm going to get married. I don't know. Maybe I won't get married. And like, I think having me in her life as someone who is okay, she'll just open herself up to a different, you know, a life without a life where she can walk through it without carrying that burden that we've carried. That's the goal, right? Like who cares? Who cares if you get married or have kids or whatever, just, don't feel bad about it. Like just live your life with an open heart and don't put this stuff on yourself because there's always going to be expectations of you and what you should be doing. But if you don't have it inside, then you can, you can be lighter. That's what I think. Um, I love that because I mean, I was going to ask you, how do you manage it? Because it's there and it, and it's for everyone. And I mean, if you if you had gotten married, there would be pressure to have a kid. If you have if you, when you have the kid, there's pressure to have the second kid. I mean, there's always society is always pressuring us to do something. I don't grandparents too. Apparently, apparently, I'm gonna have a whole. I, I mean, I just don't care anymore. But uh, you know, apparently, there's this whole thing when you don't have grandkids and people talk about their grandkids. And if you don't have any grandkids, it's like where where you know at some point you just have to opt out. <laughs> exactly so, so at some at some point you just have to yeah. understand that no, i'm out just gonna do my own out because <laughs> because this is not this is never going to end this is the, i'm chasing a mirage here if, if yeah. i'm gonna wait for society to think that i'm making the right choices in my life that is never gonna happen um so eradicate maybe eradicate the shame from your own from yourself because it is going to be there anyway. And I don't hang around anymore. Like one of the thing about, things about getting older that I love is like you sort of start to look at people around you and you're like, how do you feel when you're around them? I don't really hang around people like that anymore who say yeah. things like that. I don't hang around people who have put like stock and stuff like that. You know, mm-hmm. I just hang around interesting people who are nice. That's honestly. And, and I can say like mo- a lot of time in the past, I had more friends but they might say like insensitive comments or judgmental things or, you know, I, I just don't feel like I have those people in my life. I, and I try, I, I don't know how that happened. It's almost like as I became more accepting, I sort of saw the truth in people more. So I, I, I just think love everyone that, to do it early. Uh, I, I say that to my clients uh, all the time is that we are a million times more judgmental of ourselves than we are of other people. And yep. if you learn to be less judgmental of yourself, you, you, you become, or you automatically become less judgmental towards other people. Oh, that's so, so true. I was thinking about this the other day because I went to a yoga class, um, one of the first in a while. And I was thinking, I used to sit in yoga and really rip up other people in my mind. And I used to walk around and caught up other people like their appearance their behavior I did I would you wouldn't have heard me say it very often yeah but I I is that like I used to think that was a really I I didn't even know I was doing it and then I think I read an article or something and I was like that mentioned this this if you're less judgmental of other people I would have told you I'm not judgmental at all but it turns out that I was and yeah I don't I don't I don't because I'm not doing it of other people I'm not doing it of myself I'm not doing it of other people it's very very sound yes as crazy as it sounds and and the other thing is the kinder and more compassion you show yourself the more you're going to be able to show other people because once you're able to 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 really look at yourself and find an excuse for yourself of saying it's okay because da 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 or it's okay because it hasn't been the greatest time or it's been difficult or look at it at it this way you are going to be able to do that for others. Yep. 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 That's the key. And I heard it for a long time before I actually started to do it. That takes work. Yeah. That's a lot of work. work. That's not something you can just remind yourself. You know, that takes daily work and journaling and positive affirmations and all that silly stuff that actually is true. Mm Mm-hmm. I will love yourself. Yes. And um, I think this is a high note to end this uh, talk on because, I mean, I don't think that the topic of 
being single or any topic of uh, that surrounds what's society and and how we feel about ourselves due to some of the pressures can can be talked about in 45 minutes uh, because they're all very complex but I I love the fact that we touched upon it we talked about some of the issues but the focus was okay how do I how do I find myself again and not get sucked into um, all of these society's expectations and all of this these feelings that are related to something that maybe I do believe in but maybe I don't necessarily believe in yeah yeah how do we do that love yourself yeah slowly slowly slowly, slowly. yes and finding and, 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 and figuring out your own values I think that helps a lot too yes yeah. And always checking yourself because it's always, it's always in you. It's not really about other people. Sometimes it is. Sometimes, you, sometimes mm-hmm. it is about other people and other people help you learn and grow and show you parts of yourself. Um, but we're only here one time. Like it's just not, it's not worth it. It's not worth it to abandon yourself like that. I couldn't agree more. Well, um, Thank you for your time. I love this. I wish I, I wish we could go on for like another three hours. It's like therapy. Feels a little bit like therapy yeah, for both of us. <laughs> yeah. Nice but, to talk to our sisters, lived the same. Yes. Same sort of experience. And I, you know what I like about it is that it's, it's one of those things that are so universal that we can all, as women, look at each other and, and cut each other some slack, Whatever, whether you're married, you're single, you have kids, you're divorced, you're widowed, anything. Cut each other some slack because look at what we have to face. Yeah. And that's on one topic. That is very yeah. personal. It's a lot. It's a lot. The patriarchy still exists. Thank you for tuning into this conversation with Anne. I hope it inspires you to question some of the expectations, feelings imposed on you by society rather than your actual experience. Thank you, Anne, for opening up about your challenges and sharing them with us. Make sure you don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Tune in next Friday with yet another guest only on Kun, The Journey to Be.